I recently helped an immigrant sign up for Social Security benefits. For he and his wife had come from Togo, Africa to live in the United States so that their four sons would be educated here. Now, those two people, mom and dad, left good jobs in Togo to take on jobs like working in the nursing home as an aide, working in labor for the, for the gentleman, so that their boys could be educated here. Well, I helped him sign up online, which is about the only way you can do anything today. And we went through all the questions. I will tell you that there was one question that stumped us. And I'll talk about that as we get to the conclusion of this. So we prepared all the things in, in, the, in the computer and as they do into nowhere land. A couple of weeks later, he got a letter from the Social Security Administration. Oh, no. Said, please call this number as there are some an issue or issues that we need to clear up. Now, if you hear from the government, are you expecting good news or bad news? Well, unfortunately, my mind began to race through all of these scenarios. Perhaps we had made some kind of mistake in filling out all these forms, and he would be denied benefits. I mean, they worked here about 20 years. Or perhaps there would be some lengthy process to resolve an issue. And so that's where my mind raced. So I said, okay, come in using your cell phone. Set it on, the ca on my desk there and put it on speakerphone. And we're going to talk to him. You're going to talk to him. Well, we went through quite a few questions to assure the lady on the other end that this was indeed Mr. Eble. You know, they got to make sure they're talking to the right person. And after going through all this process of saying, I am who I am, she said, well, Mr. Eble, we just have one small issue we need to resolve. What was your birth country? Well, I told you earlier, as we filled this thing out, when it came to birth country, it gives you all of the country options. Togo was absent. Now, on where were you married, Togo is available, but not on birth country. Yeah, okay, you got it. You got the point. <clears throat> so, so I said, uh, you know, he said, he said, he talked. I didn't say anything. Togo, Africa. Oh, now resolved. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Eble, she turned from what I thought would be the most terrible good, bad news you could ever hear to the greatest good news possible to Mr. Eble. She said, you are eligible for six months of back benefits we will send to you in one lump sum before you begin your monthly Social Security benefits. I could see, you know, I was kind of, French is his first language, so I was reassuring him, this is good news. And when he, when he got it, his face lit up. 
And I knew that he immediately couldn't wait to get home and tell his wife, not only am I going to get my Social Security benefits, I'm going to get six months back benefits in one lump sum. Oh, it was great, great, great good news. I couldn't believe my ears. Now, folks, we're a lot like Mr. Ebley when we hear from God. If we hear from God, would you expect to hear good news or bad news? Well, unfortunately, some of us sitting here have participated in fake news about God. I know this is a fairly recent phrase, but there have been misinformation about God throughout history, even beginning in the garden. So, I just remembered something. Pass those envelopes out. I was supposed to do that at the beginning. Everybody here should get an envelope. <clears throat> I didn't put that in my note. Everybody here should get an envelope. And uh, this was supposed to be part of my Campus Christian presentation, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. In the envelope, stick in it is a card. And on that card, there's an opportunity for you to fill out some information if you want to. If you want to. Uh, I would like to have the card and envelope back. If it's blank, that will be fine. But I want to have it back. Because if you don't put information on the card, I will give the card to someone else at another opportunity. So please do not leave this building with your card unless you want to go home and think about it and pray about it. And that would be quite all right, too. But I want the card back regardless. Filled out or blank. Okay. Thanks for the guys helping me there. And I'm sorry to interrupt my sermon about that. <clears throat> We've been told misinformation about God. Satan started with it right from the garden. And we are expecting, perhaps, to hear something like this from God. If it's fun, it's out. If it's enjoyable, you can't do it. And by the way, besides all that, I got some really boring stuff for you to do. I got some really boring stuff you're going to have to do often. Now, is that what God got to say? No fun stuff, no good times, no joy, and boring, boring, boring. Unfortunately, some preachers have helped people believe that God's Word is boring. And it is anything but boring unless we make it boring. I get a little upset about that. Okay, during my college days, I focused on God's judgment because when I was young, about seven or eight years old, I don't remember exactly when, I made a decision to follow Jesus and make Him the Lord and Savior of my life. But you know, at seven or eight, it's hard to think about things very well. And in fact, as you get older, do you know that they say your memory doesn't develop until you get 
toward later in your teen years, I mean, they really get set. So you know what? I couldn't remember anything about that except it was cold water. Now, oh, man. In my mentality of thinking God's got bad news, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I didn't do it quite right. Maybe I made some mistake. And perhaps God's going to say, Don Smith, don't see it. Don Smith. I'm looking. Lots of Smiths in here. But no, Don Smith, I'm sorry. I could not remember having repented before I was baptized. Now, I just want to ask you some simple question. How many things does a seven or eight-year-old have to be repentant of? I lied to my mother, you know. Not many. And it's hard to think about abstract things when you're young. So I couldn't remember that. So when I was in college, my first year of Bible college, I was rebaptized, thinking, I don't want to sin anymore. I want to repent. I want to turn from those things. These college students who come to Pitt State, they come with all kinds of questions and issues in their own life. So we're there. PSU Christians, uh, Campus Christians is there to help students transition into adulthood, spiritually speaking, and sometimes in other ways too, socially and such things. So, if God is not so interested in bad news, which I think He is not, then what is He interested in? Good news, the great good news, that's what He's interested in, then what it is about. So I'd like to start to answer the question of what is God interested in by uh, noting some ideas that are shared in the letter to the Romans. And recently, because I do international ministry and have done in the past, I use the New Living Translation. And because I could buy an edition of the New Living Translation that says for international students right on here, you know. So I said, oh, that's the one we should use. So I have some down there in my classroom. And uh, everyone reads from the same Bible. In the New Living Translation, I began reading through the book of Romans again and again and again to try to grasp some of God's greatest good news. And so we're going to look at Romans chapter 1. And they're going to look at verses 1 through 5, first of all, to see what is this great good news that God has to offer. <clears throat> okay. Beginning, verse 1, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. Now, notice, if you're looking at the New Living Translation, good news is capitalized. Good, G, good news, and news is both capitalized. That's a significant note, capitalized. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, Number three, the good news is about his son. And then there's a little bit more about that, about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into the King David's family line, and he is shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them. Three times in three verses, Paul refers to the good news 
capital G, capital N. This is not any good news. This is the very best, greatest of all possible news. But still, you know, in, in older translations, that would say gospel. In case you're using an older translation there, which is quite fine. But he says in verse 5, what God has done for them. What has God done for them? This, this great good news is about what God has done through Jesus that brings glory to Him. And it's actually the good news is not about us so much. It includes us, but it's about what Jesus has done. And verses 6 and 7, we're going to look at now 6 and 7. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. There are three things that are mentioned in this, these two verses that are about this great good news. Actually, the great good news is we can connect to God personally in a relationship. Knowing Him, loving Him, serving Him. And the three things in these two verses, the first one is to belong to Jesus. Do you like to belong? Oh, and Eddie and Brenda are both alumni of Campus Christians too. Do you like to belong, Eddie? Why? He doesn't know. Oh, he does too. He just couldn't think of it. I got him caught. You want to belong. You want a place to be that you should be there. You want to belong. College students don't know where they belong sometimes or who they belong to. And, you know, as they leave home, sometimes they want to get away from where they belonged. Because it's a crazy idea that mom and dad don't know anything about anything. And I certainly don't want to follow what they do until you get about 25. And then mom and dad get a lot smarter. A place to belong. Someone to belong to. You know what? This church is about sharing that with people who come here. On the back of our bus, a place to belong. Everybody knows sometime or another they want to belong and be a part. And he says we belong to Jesus. We are his. His family. And he and then it says in, in the second one there it says God loves us. Well, part of being belonging is that somebody really cares about you. You know, God loves us. Just like we are. Warts and all. But he loves us too much to leave us like we are. And then, number three. We've been called to be his holy people. His own holy people. That is a purpose in life. An objective. A goal. Something to live for. Have you ever heard it said... You're not ready to live unless you're ready to die for what you live for. Something like that. 
That's true. Around the world, the persecuted Christians follow Jesus even though it might lead to their death. Now, while God is primarily and first of all interested in good news, there is some bad news. Romans 1, 18 through 32, and we're not going to read all that. Paul exposes the dangers people face when they choose to, first of all, ignore God, pretend He doesn't exist, act like God is not there, or make a God of their own choosing to fit what they want. That section, a long section, Paul goes through what happens when people choose to ignore God or make a God after their own desires. Well, there's a list of things, and I have some more that maybe not on the slide. When People create this God to their liking. They will seek pleasure rather than purpose. They will live for themselves rather than for God or others. They will pursue darkness rather than light. They choose to believe lies rather than the truth. And if you... Listen to the news or read the paper or magazines or anything. You are aware fully of what is going on in our world today and in America and in Europe and other places. Confusion. Uh, I want one more here. Good is called evil and evil is called good. When you leave out God... That's what happens, and confusion is piled upon confusion until pretty soon people don't know much about anything for sure. And words take on new meaning. Even if you just disagree, it is now called hate. Now, that section of Romans is not very good news. But the good news is, if through Jesus Christ you make yourself in a good relationship with God, all of that speaks to somebody else, not you or not me. The question is, do you want a good, right relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Or do you want to do something different? Several years ago, I preached here and I told this as part of my sermon. And I just wanted to conclude with this. Our youngest grandchild, when he was two years old and even a little before, they lived out by Coffeeville, and our little son, grandson, Ty, 
his dad had this backpack for carrying children, little kids. And they sat by the fireplace. And whenever Ty saw dad putting on his boots, he would say, backpack. You remember that? I told that that long ago. Backpack. Little child translation. Hey, dad, I see you're getting ready to go out. Will you take me with you? Got the backpack there. Just put me in it. Now, he didn't say all those words, but that's what he meant. Because little Ty, he wanted to go wherever dad went. He wanted to do whatever dad did. He wanted to see what dad saw. And, you know, riding back there, he could see everything. Now, dad went out. Sometimes it was freezing cold. Sometimes the snow was blowing. But he had the dogs to look after, the horses to tend to. Backpack. Dad, I don't care where you're going. I just want to go with you. I want to be where you are. I want to see what you do, what you do. And I want to do it with you. Please, Dad, take me with you. Backpack. Backpack. Just remember backpack. That's what we want to hunger for. That every day we would say to God, God, would you just put me in your big backpack? I want to go where you go. I want to do what you do. I want to say what you say. I want to hear what you hear. And I want to feel like you feel about life. When we hunger for God and seek for that relationship, Jesus says, I can make it possible. Not only did he die for our sins, he's sitting at the right hand of God right now interceding for us, praying for us, talking to God about us. And I know, friends, that God's been real busy with some of us. Jesus has been real busy talking to God about us, sharing, I notice so-and-so is having a little difficult time. Maybe so-and-so is having a real difficult time. Maybe it's about the worst time they've ever been in all their life. And Jesus is right there with God interceding on your behalf and on my behalf and on everyone's behalf saying, with me, it's possible to make it through. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. So are you going to join me in saying, God... I hope you got your backpack ready because that's what I want more than anything else. I just want to be where you are. I want to think like you think. And I want to live like you live. We offer an invitation every week here. And this invitation today is a little bit special because you got a card and an envelope. If you're going to fill anything out on it, Please do, because sitting outside that door and outside that door is a little basket. Just drop it in there. If it's blank and you drop it in the basket, I won't know who dropped it in, and I don't care. It's not about that. I don't care. If you drop it in blank, you can hand it to me blank. And I'm not going to say, oh, you didn't put anything on the card. No. 
Because God loves you and I do too. And if you're not ready to put anything on the card, campus Christians. Or you can write it to the church and they'll funnel it through. Actually, I've told the board of directors of Campus Christians, this is not a part of the sermon, but it's part of my appeal, that I would go about trying to increase our income by $1,000 a month by visiting churches. So if you notice I'm not around here, I'm someplace else talking to them about what we do. And this is the sermon that I prepared to share with what Campus Christians is all about. It's the greatest good news ever and college students need to know it more than anyone else because they're going to transition out I have a simple prayer I'll read it to you so God help us to want to go wherever you go see whatever you see do whatever you do say whatever you say Help me see clearly that you have made such a life possible through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Now, there's one thing on the card that I didn't explain. <clears throat> Every week now, I send out a small little prayer request from Campus Christians, Monday or Tuesday. It's uh, one or two lines uh, by text, uh, by uh, email. And I do have a messenger group that I can send that to you. And that at that point, when you receive it, you would just say, God, would you please address this issue? And, and I know that if any of you are praying people at all, you can do that one. Eddie, Elizabeth, we're ready for you.